you're listening to the Knowing Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Linnell Peters, and it's an honor to walk alongside you in motherhood, whether the journey is just beginning or you're right in the thick of it. I believe that your worth as a mother is not based on your performance and that your greatest strength is the love that you have for your children, whether they're in your arms or only in your heart. My prayer is that this little corner of the podcast world will leave you feeling more equipped, more hopeful, and less alone than when you arrived. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. This is episode 10. It feels a little surreal to be here already and um, I'm really grateful that I have the opportunity to talk with so many amazing women and the privilege of sharing these conversations with you each week. Thank you so much for allowing me to serve you through this podcast and for being here. We've been so overwhelmed by the numbers. Every single download of a podcast episode reminds me that knowing motherhood is just a small piece of a much bigger thing that God is doing in the lives of mothers all over. Women in all different walks of life, but sharing the same faith. Today I'm going to be sharing some thoughts on grief. It's a complicated journey which makes it important to talk about. Let's start with a piece that I wrote for my blog back in 2016, just four weeks after losing our tiny baby boy River when I was 17 and a half weeks along in my pregnancy. It was called Finding the Time to Grieve. I can't believe that it was almost a month ago that our tiny baby River was born via induced labor, still and without a heartbeat. I had the privilege of carrying him for 17 and a half weeks. My heart and mind are still working to process the loss of a life that we prayed for so often throughout the 14 months that we walk through confusing infertility issues and health concerns. For over a year, I struggled with dysfunctional uterine bleeding that caused anemia and adrenal fatigue and eventually put me on a wait list for a hysteroscopy, which in my case was very likely going to be the step before a hysterectomy. I had so many reasons to give up and honestly wanted to often, but a mama's love for her not yet conceived child is fierce and I continue to pray for strength to keep trying. My husband is my hero for walking alongside me during this time and giving me support as needed. It was not easy for him. We've said a a painful goodbye to pregnancies in previous years. The first at nine weeks and the second time at just five and a half weeks. But we've never laid eyes on our small and almost perfectly formed baby and been told that we would have had another son. I've never experienced delivering a baby and then having to walk out of the hospital without a bundle in my arms. The moment when I reached the car with my hospital bag and purse in hand is one I'll never forget. It was raining. I couldn't open the door for a minute because it felt like I was missing something, someone. The shock was starting to fade and tears fell so hard. My heart ached like I'd never felt before. So many little things that trigger the sorrow exist in the first few weeks. Those moments that bring you back to reality when daily life, mainly motherhood, has proven to be a relatively good distraction. When maternity clothes arrive in the mail and you have to send them back as a return. 
or when you find the baby wrap that you had ordered excitedly and experience the harsh realization that you won't get to use it. While laying down on your stomach for the first time in weeks, instead of feeling happy and free to do that again, like before, you feel tears start to form. When the gender reveal ultrasound date that had been circled in a heart on the calendar has to be canceled. Those moments are so hard. Is there a secret to mothering three young children and finding the time to grieve in a healthy way? I don't think so. It's definitely not easy and there isn't a right or a wrong way either. Often emotions have to be kept in check. Sadness stifled when a child needs attending to. Tears denied when the last thing you want to do is explain yet again why you're crying while folding laundry or cooking dinner. After a while, the tears don't threaten to fall as often, and the days don't feel quite as gray, but the feeling of missing something, someone, remains. It's become clear that grief shows up at unexpected times, and that's taken some getting used to. So far, I've learned that you just have to do your best and let life slow down for a while. You have to let others help, even though you may be extremely independent. You have to admit after a few days that getting back to normal just isn't possible. There's a new normal now. For your babes, not a lot has changed, and so you work hard to be patient, even though some days it feels like you're failing miserably. You try not to get upset as your oldest asks for the tenth time when you're going to have another baby. You welcome their questions and try to be honest about how you're feeling without making them feel burdened. You comfort them when they need comforting, build train tracks and Lego, sing silly songs and make muffins. Then when they're in bed, asleep at night, you pray for peaceful dreams, kiss their soft, warm cheeks, and thank God for the gift that each one truly is. Some days are easy, some not so much. I'm thankful for the lessons and kindness that we've learned from family and friends. I'm thankful for the light and joy that our children bring to each day. Even in the most difficult moments, I felt wrapped in the arms of a father who is greater than any other source of peace. He lifts me up. He makes me stronger than I feel like I can be on my own strength. I don't really question why, but I do ask what's next almost daily. Knowing where to go from here is very difficult for many reasons. Each day I have to remind myself that it's okay to feel confused, feel disappointed, feel heartbroken. It's also raw still, but time will heal as it always does. Even more so, I know God will gently lead my heart back to a place of peace and rest. He always does. There's no cookie cutter way to grieve. When I say grieving well, it's simply in contrast to the opposite idea, which is to grieve in an unhealthy way, specifically isolated and alone. Isolated or isolation, which can come from the fear of speaking our brokenness out loud, can result in painful consequences such as unhealthy coping mechanisms and depression. It's so important to allow those we love the freedom and the space to grieve as they need to without trying to stifle the things that they might say that are troublesome like doubt or anger towards God. 
or avoiding the subject for fear of stirring up difficult emotions. A lot of people just don't realize that for mothers who have lost a baby at eight weeks, the grief can feel just as intense as it does for a mother who delivers a full-term baby who is no longer breathing. Though the situations are very different, the pain can feel just as overwhelming. There's no right or wrong response to grief. What does matter is where we go with our grief. Even as we trust in God's sovereignty, believing that he walks with us through these valleys, we will often still wrestle with questions and maybe even anger. But I think it's so important to remember that it's better to question and pray for wisdom than to keep silent and distant. I believe that when our gaze is rightfully placed on Jesus, his perfect love will drive out the grip of fear and keep our hearts tethered to the only one who can truly bring joy to our weary and broken hearts. Again, we may experience questions and confusion, doubts and fear, but returning again and again like the loved children that we are will keep us firmly rooted in our Father's loving grasp. If you asked me if there is anything I wish I could tell myself previous to loss of our babies, it would be this. Don't try to do everything perfectly. There is no perfect way to grieve. Say no to the desire to keep others from experiencing your pain. Choose to let go and forget about appearing altogether. Cry. Really cry. I'll close with a story from around the same time as the blog post I shared earlier. In a dream one night, something had been taken from me, a child. I don't remember where I was or what the situation was. It might have been one of our living children, maybe a baby, I don't know. But clearly this was coming from our recent and real loss. In the moment that I felt helpless to save the child, I began to cry. I didn't just cry, I wailed. In my dream, I sobbed and I wailed in a way that I hadn't before, even after our losses. I woke up with tears in my eyes and a sob caught in my throat. I told my husband about the dream and then I just continued on with the morning routine. Later that day, or maybe it was the next, I sat in a small room with my midwife as she asked me how I was doing along with the regular follow-up questions about my health. I started talking about whether or not we might try for another baby and her thoughts on that possibility. I guess I felt like we needed permission after all we'd been through. I mentioned my dream to her and she asked me, have you cried like that yet? Have you really cried? I knew that I hadn't, but I said something like, well, I've cried often and I do let myself cry when I need to. But something stirred within me, a realization that I didn't feel free to wail and mourn. I hadn't wanted others to see me like that, and I was so committed to keeping my children and even my husband from experiencing any more sadness. It's a tough thing to navigate. Grief. There are lots of reasons why we grieve the way that we do. We may, You may be a firstborn like me, responsible, always wanting to be strong for, other, for others. You may be wounded and guarded, afraid to show weakness or vulnerability. You may be soft-hearted and easily comforted, a friend who can cry with others and receive the same. 
In sharing my story, I hope to encourage you to do the same. We can learn from each other and that's exactly why I am so committed to sharing women with you who are genuine and whose stories offer hope to those who need it most, the hope of healing and the hope of heaven. If you'd like some more encouragement, check out episode three with Natalie Young, episode four with Sarah Rickey, episode seven with Nelia Evans, and episode eight with Ashley Prophet, if you haven't already. Each of these beautiful women shares stories of loss, grief, and hope, and I know you'll feel less alone in your own journey. As Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month comes to a close, I want to encourage you to keep grieving in a healthy way. And also, if you're not the one walking through loss, to keep reaching out to the mama friends in your life who have experienced loss. Any acknowledgement of her lost baby will mean the world to her. I love the way that Nelia shares in episode 7 about how her children taught her to grieve well. They would come to her and cry hard and then they'd wipe their tears and go off and play again. She says, when you're feeling that pain, when the grief starts bubbling over, that you allow yourself to feel that pain, to really feel it and to really cry and really be in the moment, but just not stay there too long. I hope this encouraged you today, friends. One of God's many promises to you is this, that his word is a lamp unto your feet and a light for your path. Take courage in that knowledge today and find the rest you need by spending time with the one your heart was meant to love. See you next week when we start a new series on the very important topic of maternal mental health.